Hey, Rob. What do you think of our funky new football in Berkshire branding? They're great, Tom. Who's made them? They've been created by friend of FIB, Ellis Woods, who runs his own creative agency, Flair Media. He's heavily involved in grassroots football and kindly sponsors this very podcast. That's great. What else do they do? Well, it's funny you should say that, Rob. Ellis offers affordable digital marketing, digital and print branding like logos, banners, flyers and business cards, as well as website content creation and management. Go and have a look at flaremedia.online and tell Ellis we sent you. Hello and welcome to Berkshire Football Stories with Tom Canning and Rob Davis, a podcast that aims to dig deep into the history of the non-league and grassroots game across the county. We'll be working across the county from Aldermaston to Ascot and Thatcham to Twyford. Is Twyford in Berkshire? Yeah, it is. Okay. Sure. Looking for the stories, the quirky moments and all the best that our local game has to offer. I'd like to introduce my co-podder, Rob Davis, who will be charting the various points of interest along the M4 corridor with me. Hello, Rob. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. We do we do that on a test, and it, it, <laughs> our test every day is, Hi, Rob. How are you? <laughs> sorry, sorry, listeners. About, behind the curtain there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the fourth time I've asked you today how you are. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm definitely well. Good. Um, it was County Cup week. It was. Um, well, part of the County Cup week. A uh, couple, of, couple of big results. Um Flackwell Heath nil, Dickett Town three, not in Berkshire. Don't mind. <laughs> Marlow one, Windsor one. Windsor's obviously in Berkshire. Yeah, go Windsor. Unfortunately, uh, but, they lost but, their penalties. Uh, so the thing, the thing with playing Marlow in the County Cup, you always lose. All right, that is my history with Marlow in the County Cup. Whenever you play Marlow in the County Cup, you always lose. So of course, Marlow won six five on penalties. Okay, uh, I believe our good friend Paul Smithson was there. Um, he'll be jumping for joy with a name mentioned on the podcast. Oh, nice. Um, he's a big Windsor fan. Uh, I think he's their brand ambassador for that shirt that they wear. <laughs> um, sorry, the pause there was to make sure I didn't, <laughs> didn't accidentally uh, expletive. Yeah. Uh, uh, I it's... like the away kit. The away kit is great. The pink and the, and the black Union Jack. That's, that, I like that one. Yeah, the, the home uh, shirt. It's an acquired taste, maybe. It is, it is. But they like it. And you know what? Fair play. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got to stand out in the non-league game, and, and they certainly, certainly do. And <laughs> um, the other ga- the other two games were Newport Pagnell Town three, Chesham United one. Bit of a shock that one, I would say. Uh, I can't say I've checked, but Chesham United are definitely a couple of divisions higher. Okay. Uh, and they were back in the competition after missing out last season. Oh right. They didn't. I think they won it, and then they decided not to compete last season. So the final game was the one I went to, which was Thatcham Town nil, Hungerford Town three. Now, I must admit that score is slightly flattering. Uh, I thought Thatcham were well in it for the majority of the game. Okay. Probably just a tiny little bit of additional quality that Hungerford had that saw them through. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Ian Herring, I, 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 we've met, we've mentioned that several times. We yeah. won't be bored of me name dropping <laughs> Ian Herring, but a uh, smashing bloke. Yes. Uh, and, and obviously, manager of Hungerford, Danny Robinson, um, we've just started to get to know. Uh, you know, and I, but it was there, and it was it was an interesting game. It was it was it wasn't quite as blood and thunder as I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. but it certainly um, it certainly did it did the business, and Hungerford did the business, and, and they go through. So absolutely, yeah. It's starting to uh, need the bobble hat to come out as well. I noticed, oh so, yes, yeah. the bobble hat was out. It's it's now. I think we're on gloves. We're on we're on yeah. gloves territory now. Absolutely, so it's, it's yeah. time for it's time to get the gloves out. Certainly, a cup of tea at half time rather than a nice cold beer. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, 
A couple of other big results. There was. Uh, do you want to talk us through this one? It was Ascot United. Ascot, yeah, stun, uh, we're one seven nil against Abbey Rangers. Abbey Rangers, yeah. it was a re- third time they played this season. Third time they played this season. This was a replay, you know, and the FA FA Vars, yes. yes, that's yes. right. And uh, yeah, so seven nil is a phenomenal result normally, but in a replay, yeah. that's pretty exceptional. So uh, combined yeah. counties Premier Division rivals as well. Yeah, absolutely. Both previous games have been very tight. Have they? Yes. Okay. So that's well, yeah. Replay on one would be a yeah. suggest it was, yeah. And I believe um, Ascot, sorry, Abbey went down to 10 men, but that was at 5 0 or something oh, like I think that. I didn't so, see it. Oh, maybe, may well have done it. Yeah. Uh, the were, the were, result was well um, well set in stone <laughs> before it, um, Abbey went down to 10 men. So yeah. Reading the Ascot match report as well, there were quite a number of penalty shouts as well in that game. Oh, okay. Which, which, so it could, it could have been even more or, 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 or otherwise. So. Um, the last one was you were going to go to this game, weren't you? Sandhurst Town. Yes. Was it, uh, it was. They were Walton, to... yeah, Walton and Hersham. Who uh, um, uh, this is a combined counties division one game. I was going to go, didn't make it in the end. Uh, uh, but the game finished two two. Um, Sandhurst did very well to stay in it with uh, ten men themselves. They had a man sent off. They're actually down to nine men at one point because they had someone in the sin bin. Um, <laughs> but they managed. Uh, they stayed in it at two two, and they scored a last minute equaliser in ninety third minute, I yeah. think it was. And it was their goalkeeper who'd come up for a corner, managed to bag the equaliser. That's. So, I mean, that that is that is a way to end the game, isn't it? Absolutely. Goalkeeper yeah. Andy Ryder. <laughs> 93rd minute, bang, two all. There you go. I know uh, I, the, the Sanders Twitter account said, said something along the lines of, um, all I'll say is, well, hard work by the lads, best not say, say much more. Uh, okay. I, think they were, I think there were a few things in that game that... Um, <laughs> yeah, didn't go their way, perhaps, yeah. yes. All right, well, um, aside from this week's action, if you'd like to contribute, ask a question, offer a correction, or simply rave about the podcast online, then you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FI Berkshire, Facebook by searching Football in Berkshire, and of course you can visit, uh, visit the website www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. It would also be great if you could give us a rating and a review on your podcast app to help get more people listening. Yeah, we're up to uh, 32 in the soccer Apple podcast charts last Ooh, week. The giddy which was, heights. Oh, I was getting a bit of a nosebleed, I must admit. <laughs> 32. Like in the, in Great Britain. Wow. Amazing. I don't know where we did in Northern Ireland. Oh, okay. Obviously, so we'll, but you know, well, I don't know. But anyway, uh, let's tell you a little bit about, about, let's tell you a little bit about today's podcast. We've had some great guests so far from Rob Jones, Paul Gutteridge, Andrew Batt, Pete Browning, Steve Stairs, Mark Ashwell, Neil Richards, Steve Ginman, Neil Baker and John Underwood. And you can go back and listen to those pods anytime. But this week we are in conversation with Reading FC women's striker Lauren Bruton. Uh, and that is just ahead of Women's Football Weekend, which is on the 16th and 17th of November. Um, let's have a listen. Hi everybody, I've come down to Bisham Abbey National Sports Centre and I'm sat with my very special guest, Lauren Bruton from Reading Women's Football Team. Hang on, have I got that right? Is it Reading FC Women? Reading FC Women or Reading Women FC, either or. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no perfect way I don't, yeah, I seem right. to remember it changed. Yeah, it did, it did. Yeah, do you know what? I don't either, but I think it's Reading Women FC. If I'm right, I, I could be wrong too, so... <laughs> Um, hello Lauren, how are you? Yes, not too bad, thanks. Yourself? Yes, not too bad, thank you for Good. joining me. Uh, you were put up for this. Did you volunteer for this or were you...? Um, no, I got asked and <laughs> I happily obliged, so that's fine. And in an odd twist of events, we met briefly at the Pride of Reading Awards on 
Friday. Yes. Where I heard your name read out and I thought, oh, okay, I'll go and say hello. So, yeah, <laughs> no, no, it was, a, it was a really good awards, wasn't it? Yeah, so, it was great. Yeah. It's the first time I've been, but it, it was uh, an absolute fantastic yeah. event. Loads of worthy, worthy winners. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you met a few few kids and a few people. Yeah, a few happy kids, a few kids. <laughs> the mayor was yeah. there as well. Um, so yeah, a few important people there too, so it was good. Um, before we get on to kind of the main crux of this interview, you were there with Matt Miazga, the first team, the, the Reading FC men's team. Oh, yes. God, I don't know, this is going to get... Uh, the, the men's the team men's central men defender. Yeah. Have you met him before? Um, no, that was the first time I met him. Um, he and then is tall. Very tall. I, I know I'm quite short yeah. anyways, um, but he made me feel ten times yeah. worse, so... But he seemed like a nice guy. I had a very American accent. Yeah, really, really nice. He seemed really lovely. And yeah. then obviously Kingsley was there as yeah, well. Yeah. Which big, was big fan of Kingsley? Yes, obviously. You had, uh, at, the Reading, at the women's games, you have Queensley. Right? Yes, we've got Queensley. Um, Excellent. Yeah. Is it the same? I hate to take the uh, peek behind the curtain. Is it the same person? I actually don't know. Oh, okay. I never know who's in there. They never <laughs> speak, so... <laughs> we used to, I, work at, uh, I, I worked at uh, the Reading Evening Post back in, and I still do these days, but mm. we had a mascot called uh, Rory the Lion. Yeah. And I used to dress up in that. And it was very, you're not allowed to speak. You just walk around scaring kids. Yeah, I bet you get really hot <laughs> in there as well. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> um, so, we are here to talk about the Reading Women FC title-winning side of 2015. Yes. Talk me through what happened that season. So, what was the outcome of that season? How did it start? Um, so it was a really good season. Um, we had a really good squad back then for WSL2. Um, I th- um, definitely Emma Follis was there. She yes. obviously has gone on now to to Aston Villa. She's back down into WSL2, but we had her for a few seasons and she was great for us. Um, yeah, we just had a really good squad. Um, and we went on to win the league um, yeah. and we got promoted to WSL 1 which was fantastic for the club you had uh, in that team you had uh, probably one of the most well known names in English women's football probably fair to say yes in Frank Kirby you had that season uh, Reading born or certainly from Reading anyway yes um, and, and she, was she what was she like oh she's obviously as everyone knows she's an unbelievable talent for in England and in the world in my opinion um, so we were very fortunate to have her I and mean, obviously she's bred from Reading yes. um, but yeah she's obviously at Chelsea now and she moved on that season so but yeah it was fantastic to have her she scored many many goals for us and <laughs> helped us get to the WSL one so yeah she, she left we, we were talking about this before we think she left before the end of the season to Chelsea I, th- I think so my memory is not very good and obviously it was a long time ago now but um, yeah whether it was that season or the season before she obviously helped us get to where we were so yeah she was very important for us when you when you came when you joined when you came to Reading was she there when you joined Reading yes yeah she was already there um, she'd been there since um, she was little I think yeah she, um, yeah so I'd already know knew of her before um, so when she comes she was already here she was one of the main players obviously as yeah. she should have been yeah um, yeah and it was just great to to come in and play with someone like that up front as well which was great and that's that season of course it was it was before this kind of move to the, the sort of the winter seasons when it was it was a summer season yes so you'd be playing through all of the all of the heat in the summer you'd be yeah going, you'd be going through. Um, what's that like I mean obviously people playing in World Cups and obviously there's a World Cup coming up in, in Qatar men's World Cup coming up in Qatar is going to be 
ridiculously hot. But playing for the summit doesn't seem quite, quite, quite right to me. I don't, I don't know. How no. Does that feel for you <laughs> well, guys? obviously, when you watch the men's game, obviously it's always been through the winter. Yeah, so, yeah. and when I was younger, it was always through the winter. So going into a summer league was completely different. Um, it, it did feel a little bit strange, um, but as long like most games never got called off whereas yeah, sometimes yeah. When, now we're in the winter league there's a lot of we've already had one that's already been called off this year and we haven't even got into winter yet um, so that was a positive with it um, we did get more fans because obviously the men's game was, yeah. was men's games weren't happening during during the summer um, so yeah there were positives but I think a lot of people in the women's game feel like the winter league is is beneficial for us and it feels like the proper time to play football exactly. regardless of, of what level or anything like that that you play yeah exactly and where were you playing that season because am I right I think you're obviously you're at uh, Wickham now yes was it where was it then? so we were actually at Farnborough at that right. time Cherry, so, Cherrywood Road yes yeah, right. so we were playing at Farnborough um, and we were there for quite a few years um, before we moved to, to Wickham Wanderers um, we were we were in WSL one when we when we moved to Adams yeah. Park. So, um, but we love Adams Park now. It's a fantastic stadium, yeah. and it's really it's it's really nice. The surface is great. The change rooms are lovely, and we yeah, it's it's a really <laughs> good stadium. We because of course obviously Farnborough is a non-league ground. Yes. But did it have? I, I've been once in the last couple of years. It had. It's got quite an impressive stand at one end of the pitch. Yeah, was there, there, there has. There was yeah, there was one main sort of stadium from yeah. what I recall because I haven't been there for years now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, obviously Adams Park is a league, yeah. a League One stadium at the minute, and it is a fantastic ground. Obviously England have played there as well, yeah. like the England women's. So it's it's a great stadium and a great surface. Everyone comes there and says yeah. how good it is. So oh, fantastic. So, but playing at Farnborough, playing in the in the WSL, was it? Did that did that mean it was one of the not? Where was everybody else playing? What were the teams? What grounds were the teams playing in with you at the time? Um, um, I've got a league table here uh, yeah, somewhere, so which I did I did print off. But um, there was quite a few different teams yeah. back then. So I think London London yeah. Bees. I don't know if they yeah. were still Barnet you then. Had, I'm unsure. Um, but Doncaster Bells, Everton, Yeovil. Yeah, so Doncaster had one of the better stadiums. They actually played at the Keep Moat, which oh, was, really? yeah. and oh, I'm wow. I don't know if they still do, um, but back then they did, and it was a, a great stadium <laughs> to play at. Also had um, um, Oxford United, Durham, uh, London Bees, well, yeah, London Bees, Barnet. Yeah, so um, London City Lionesses and Watford. Yeah, so Watford. There was a couple. Obviously, in the WSL two, the the stadiums aren't as, as yeah. well known, and um, it's more non-league. Um, pitches, um, which in the WSL two being part time, like we kind of just carried on and just dealt with that really. Um, and from what I recall, Doncaster had the, the best stadium out of the the league. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure London Bees actually played at the Hive at that point as well, which again was another good stadium. So that was a, that was a brand new, uh, yeah. brand new non-league ground, but a brand new. Yeah, one. exactly, and it was the, the surface was great. Um, but yeah, there was a couple of pitches that weren't obviously. Up, yeah. to, <laughs> up to a standard that you'd like yeah. to play on um, but yeah now we're in the WSL 1 most of the pitches obviously there is um, certain standards that, that every team has to meet um, and which is great because you get to play <laughs> the football's a whole load better when it's yeah. on a better pitch so yeah it's obviously that season as you say you were part time yes what did, what did that mean? so pretty much every player had an another job alongside it so yeah. it was just semi-pro so it was kind of similar to a non-league football football 
men's football team. Um, So I actually had a full-time job alongside and then we train in the evenings at 8 to 10 at night, Tuesday, Thursday, play at the weekends. So it was very much semi-pro. It was not not many sessions, uh, very late sessions and everyone has work Monday till Friday as well. So... What did you do? So when I come to Reading, I actually had just finished university um, and I went and worked with the academy at Reading, the okay. women's the women's setup. So I'd done the coaching, um, I'd done strength and conditioning, um, I helped out with the youth age groups as well, done a little bit of coaching with them. So it was very much in and around the academy environment. Um, which was which was great, and it, I was based at JMA, the oh, John yeah, Medeski yeah, Academy, um, with their full time program with the Redden Academy, which was great. Um, so yeah, that was my job role alongside. It's, a, it's an incredible cliche that comes out for non-league teams whenever they're in the FA Cup, uh, yep. and they're doing very well. That you know they have to be a plumber or a, or a butcher <laughs> or something like yeah. that. Was there, was there, and so, so I don't see why I shouldn't bring the cliche <laughs> to women's football. Yeah. Um, was there anyone, anyone that was doing something a bit odd? Did you remember? Oh, gosh, um, gosh, I don't know. There was a couple. There was a load of people that were still doing university right. degrees. Right. Okay. Um, a lot of us that were within coaching because obviously we loved football and being yeah. a part of. Like there was a couple of girls that was with the youth age groups. Um, some of the girls were. One of the girls was at a council working yeah. to promote women's football and okay. promote yeah. the the program sort of thing. Um, gosh, it was loads of different job really roles. Yeah, there was no plumbers, yeah. I don't think, from what I recall, unfortunately. I was hoping I might get like Grace Maloney worked in a pet shop. Yeah, like no, 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 unfortunately not. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so I, I suppose that, that season, as you say, you had, you had some really good players. Obviously, obviously there was Fran, but who, who else was really, were really the ones that kind of drove the team? But obviously, aside from yourself, we don't, we don't want to spend necessarily, I mean, not, you're obviously an incredible player. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put that aside. Yeah, yeah, we'll put that one aside. Um, like I said at the start, obviously we had Emma Follis. Um, she got quite a few goals for us that season. Um, Becky Jane, who has just recently left Reading. Um, she's moved on to, to Liverpool. She was a great player for us. Obviously we had Grace in goal, which again, fantastic goalkeeper. Molly, who was another centre-half. We had Kirsty like Kirsty Pierce, who is obviously was Kirsty McGee at that time. Um, she was our captain. She was our centre half. So we, we we still had a good core of players that moved up into WSL one and yeah. stayed there. Um, obviously, WSL two standard was completely different to WSL one. And when we moved into WSL one, there was a lot of changes. A lot yeah. of players moved on. A whole load of players come in. So yeah, we had we did have a really good squad. Um, it's, it's yeah. interesting because that season, when you won the league, it was a goal difference. Yes. Which, given the quality and the ability and the players that you had, I, I was looking at when I was about when I started doing my research. I thought they were smashed that division that season yeah. because you went up and, as you say, you stayed up. Yeah. And even even now, 2019, 2020 season, you're still there. Yeah. And you're fourth or you're fifth. Yeah. So you know you, you're looking at that, and I'm thinking I'm going to see a, a points difference of like maybe ten points. Something yeah. Like that. But it was it was on goal difference. Was that? Yes. When did that come down to? When when did you? Gosh, see, from what I remember, we we slipped a couple of points towards the end of the yeah. season, and we were competing against Doncaster for for promotion, um, and we got to the the last couple of games, and we knew we were promoted at at Watford when we right. played Watford away, 
and we were waiting for the scores <laughs> after the game. We were sit, sitting in the, um, the lounge at the end at, oh, at the bar and just yeah. waiting for the scores <laughs> to come through. Um, and that come through and obviously we knew we were promoted back at yeah. that point, which was great. But after that, we were like, brilliant, we're in WSL1, great, now we want the league. Yeah. Um, so I can't remember how many games we had left, but it got to the last game of the season, which was Aston Villa, to see whether we were actually promoted yeah. or not. Uh, what, um, won the league or not, yeah. sorry. Um, and we won that game, I think it was, oh God, if I remember rightly, it was like 3-0 or something, 2-3-0. Um, and yeah, we, we ended up winning the league on that on that last day, which was great. I think it was um, a plus four goal difference. So yes. That, that 3-0 yeah, really, ex- really made the difference. Yeah, exactly. So it was great. Yeah, yeah great time. As I say, you know, you know since then, it's, it, Kelly Kelly Chambers was the manager yep. that season, still the manager now. Was, that the season, was she pregnant that season? No. Was that no. the following? That was, that was I think it was two years after, after that point. Um, yeah, obviously she's she's built Reading from. Yeah. She used to coach back in the age groups. Um, has just built herself through up to the first team manager, and she's built this club to get to where we are now. Obviously, there's a lot of work that does that goes on behind the scenes, not just on the football pitch. Um, so she's done so much to build this club to where it is now, and to be able to stay in the WSL one and push towards the the top of the, the the league is great. And hopefully, in the next few years, we can really push on to be in the top three. Really, that's our aim. So. Let's not forget that the WSL one, the, the, the top division, is not an easy division to stay in. There are some, no. there are some incredibly well-funded teams yep. in there. And I th- I, if, if I'm right, Liverpool are finding that out a little bit this season because they, they seem they appear to be struggling a little bit. Yes, yeah. They uh, unfortunately they're struggling a little bit for them. Um, they've got a, a really good squad, but again, the the squads for every team this year are, are, are fantastic obviously you've got Man United that have come in yeah, yeah. put a lot of funding into it even Tottenham have come in and for their first season in WSL 1 they've really pushed on um, so yeah you've got two teams that have come in now and have, are really showing that they're a force to be reckoned with as well um, and then obviously you've got the Chelsea's the Cities, the Arsenal's who will always be up there and that's who you're competing with um, and then you can't you can't rule out the likes of teams like Everton as well. Um, even Brighton are, are putting themselves about as well. So it's it's a really strong league now. And over the last couple of years, there's teams that have really pushed on, and us being one of them. Um, and we're hoping to. We've plateaued a little bit recently, um, but we're looking to really push towards the top part of the of part of the league. And again, bringing in players will hopefully help that as well. Let's just talk a little bit about your career then, um, which, which going right back to the beginning, when, when did you kind of start thinking, I want to be a footballer? Because I think you're probably even just of the age where even then, like I've been involved in women's football myself, and, and there's very much coming through to some of the clubs, there's a lot of people who, kind of, I'm 36 now, but there's people my age who never kicked a football yeah. and really want to give it a go. Yeah. And I think you're probably still just about of the age, you don't have to reveal it, yeah. you're probably just about the age where it wasn't quite something that, that young girls did well no not really <laughs> it's probably I can back up your point with I was probably the only girl at break times and lunch times at school that would play with the boys um, and that's how I started really back in primary school I used to just at break times and lunch times I used to just want to play football all the time with the boys and to be fair the boys just loved it really having another person that just wanted to play 
Um, and then I got into an actual team with one of my friends. Her dad used to run a girls' team, and that was Luton Town Bells. Um, so I got into that at the age of, I think I was eight or nine. Um, that was my first real team, and then I kind of just kept going from there, really. Um, yeah, there was... I played for them till I was 14 years old um, and I got scouted for playing in a school game um, and I managed to get into Arsenal, um, Arsenal under 14s, I would have been I think I was 13 years old at that time and it kind of grew from there really, I just absolutely loved football, I used to play with my brother when I got home, I used to always want to be out playing football, I never used to be indoors, I used to always be outside, it was just one of those things, I used to absolutely love it. Um, my mum obviously used to have to drag me in because I just wanted to be out all the time playing football so I don't know it just kind of spread on from there and I used to watch with my dad watch with my brother like on TV and then my dad used to take me to Arsenal ladies games when I was younger and obviously I'm a massive Arsenal fan I've been brought up as an Arsenal men's fan Arsenal ladies was my team that I used to grow up watching and the likes of Kelly Smith Rachel Yankee Kira Grant, Jane Ludlow, like all those sorts of players that I used to aspire to want to get to that point. Um, yeah, so that's that's how it kind of came about, really. And so the, the move to uh, to Reading yes. came about because your coach Arsenal left Arsenal and came to Reading. Is that yes, it? so she retired um, while she was at while she was at Arsenal. Yeah. Um, and she'd already done her A licence and I think she just wanted to get into coaching and Reading was where she ended up and I was I was rehabbing at the time from I think it was I can't remember what it was I don't think it was my, my knee injury but I was rehabbing at the time trying to get back fit um, and she was like look I, w I want you to I want you to play for me so she signed me and the rest is history really I've stayed there ever since um, and it was the best move for me at that time because I just wanted to play football I wanted to be playing regularly and just build my career from there and and just improve as a football player um, and Jane allowed me to do that here so and so at some point you got the call up for England as well yes under 19s yeah so I played at I played under 17s when yeah. I was 15 um, I got called up um, was, it, was that so you you playing two years lower than the actual age group? So it's, it's a difficult one because obviously there's under 15s, under 17s, yeah. under 19s and then it kind of, kind of goes from there. So I was 15 years old when I got asked to play for the 17s. Um, I think I got called up in like a September camp and um, ended up going to Estonia for phase one. And then there was the World Cup straight after yeah. that. And somehow, luckily enough, I got managed, I managed to get into the squad for that one. And it kind of went on from there. I played all through the 17s, all through the 19s, yeah. played for the 23s. And luckily enough, I ended up getting a cap for the first team last year, which yeah. is, yeah. Which is was it Kazakhstan away? Yes, Kazakhstan away. Yeah, it was Kazakhstan wow. away. It was, yeah, a very different um, <laughs> sort of country. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's what I've ever, all I've ever wanted. I wanted to play at the highest level. Um, and I managed to yeah. do that. So, so one, obviously you're, you're injured at the moment. Yes. It's been, it's been five months or so. Yes. Um, did that? Do you think that curtailed that one cap? Do you think that? What, what was the feeling after that? Yeah, that it's, one it's cap? A, yeah, it's a difficult one. Obviously, um, Phil was trying at that point was trying loads of different players, trying yeah. to see what the feel was in the, in the group and giving people opportunities like myself, which I was very grateful for. Um, yeah, so it kind of just, I, I got one cap and 
at, at the end of the, the end of the season we weren't doing so well yeah. so that might have played a part and then obviously my injury which obviously yeah. doesn't help um, but yeah look I'm, I'm happy to have got a cap and at the, at the minute I'm just fighting back from injury and as soon as I get back I'm obviously building myself up again and trying to play well for my club and that's the only way you get into the England squad so that's what I've got to do really and obviously I respect his decision and whatever he he thinks for the squad yeah. is the most important thing and that's that's just how it is so but yeah look I, at the moment I'm just concentrating on getting back fit through through injury and hopefully get back in the team for Eden. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, so how long do you think it might be until, until we see you back on the pitch? Um, I'm unsure it's quite a complicated one um, hopefully not too much longer um, but I'll 100% be back fit for next season. Right. It just depends on what happens in the next month or so to determine whether I get any more minutes this yeah. season or not. And, uh, there's a lot of players when they have long-term injuries. They talk about like how how kind of how awful it is the sort of the the different the different places you're in, like mentally and, and physically as well. Yeah. What's that like? Because obviously. You're, you're, I've met you here. The, the, the team have obviously been training, yeah. and you're here. So, what have you been doing? Yeah, it's it's quite a difficult one because obviously I s ended up having stuff done at the end of last season to get myself fit for the start of this season. Obviously, that's not worked, and, and I'm still at a, a difficult point now. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's not even physically as every, every footballer will tell you, it's yeah. more the mental side of things to try and keep yourself focused and try and keep yourself motivated and not kind of lose your way, so to speak, um, and try and keep positive, really. Yeah. That's the most difficult thing. Um, and with an injury like mine, it's there's no sort of time scale, which yeah. obviously is that's, the, that's it's a little bit more yeah. difficult because sometimes if you have a time scale and you've got a, a plan that you can kind of go through, that makes it a little bit more bearable. Um, but yeah, no, I'm trying to keep positive. Uh, obviously, I've had my moments, which everyone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> does. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that it will resolve soon. Great stuff. Right. And um, we have some reader questions, yes. which I'm going to put to you. Yep. Okay, uh, Lauren, um, this one is from Rob M. Yep. Um, I don't know if you know any of these people. They may, <laughs> I have, don't know. They may have fired these in. Yeah. Um, what's been your best moment in football so far? Oh gosh, I've, like got, I've got quite a few. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but someone else has asked yeah, it, so it's all fine. Good, all good. Um, I've got a couple actually. Um, obviously, my first real big memory that I will never forget is obviously playing in the Under 17s World Cup um, for England um, and getting to the semi-finals yeah. of the World Cup, playing in New Zealand, which I've never been to before ever. Wow. Um, and it was the first couple of months of me actually getting into England as well. So m being as fortunate yeah. enough to get into that squad and playing every game was fantastic. Um, and anyone that's been to a World Cup and played in a World Cup can tell you regarding whether it's youth age groups or senior, it is the most unbelievable experience you'll ever, you'll ever know. Um, and just being able to get into the semi-finals was just amazing and, and scoring a couple of goals, yeah. scoring against Brazil, it was just the the atmosphere of the, the, the crowd, it was just an amazing squad to be a part of as well. There was a lot of familiar faces that a lot of people will have heard of, yeah. such as Lucy Bronze, Tony Duggan. Wow, okay, Tony yeah, Duggan yeah. Wasn't, wasn't at that World Cup, she was at the Euros that I went yeah. to. 
Jordan Nobbs, Izzy Christensen, Gemma Bonner. There was a whole load, a whole host of players yeah. in in that squad that were <laughs> that have gone on to play for the seniors. Yeah. So that that team was fantastic. Shows perhaps where you were as well. Yeah, exactly. Will be again. Yeah, hopefully. Um, that was one of my ones, and then obviously I can't rule out the the first cap for the seniors. Yeah. Um, it was an amazing experience um, and one I'm very thankful for and one that I've been working so hard to get to for my whole career yeah. um, so them two are the main obviously they're only senior in their international um, experiences but winning the WSL 2 with Reading um, is a great achievement yeah. as well and even just getting my, my debut for Arsenal um, first team at the age of 16 yeah. as well which was amazing for me too <laughs> so I've got a whole yeah. host of of great moments some which great things to look back on exactly yeah some more in the future and yeah. this one's also from Rob as well just that what bit of advice would you I'm sure you get asked this one an awful lot yeah. what what bit of advice would you give to young players just uh, I think when you're younger just make sure you enjoy it I think it, even now when I, when I'm when you're playing in such a high pressured environment now at the top of your game, um, you just got to make sure you enjoy it and and just learn from people around you. Just work hard. I think sometimes there's a lot of players that don't make it because they have the the technical ability and the talent, but they seem to lose um, the the hard work and the grit and the determination yeah. to get to where they want to be so I think making sure that you're working as hard as you possibly can getting as much training as you possibly can um, and just enjoy playing football and don't lose that enjoyment I think everyone can say is when you're enjoying playing football you play your best <laughs> oh, so yeah, yeah. yeah just enjoy and work hard uh, this one is from She Plays yep. which I believe is a, a fantasy football um, yep. Who would you pick as your she plays WSL fantasy football captain and why? Oh, gosh, that is a good one. <laughs> I should have had time to think about this one. <laughs> I would probably, for my captain, I would probably go Medima. Right. Just purely because she scores and assists a whole load of goals throughout the throughout the season. Um, and if she was my captain, she'd get me double points. Um, so yeah, she would be she would be the first name that would come to yeah. my head. And um, she's a fantastic footballer, um, and I don't think anyone can deny that um, she scores so many goals. And I, don't, I think people forget how many she actually creates as well for, yeah. the, for, for Arsenal. Um, so I'd probably say her. <laughs> Have definitely. to be an Arsenal yeah. player. Uh, yeah. uh, this one is from Richard Hickling who says, do you enjoy your football now, as mu sorry, as much now as you were when you were a youngster at Luton Bells? Yeah, I do know Richard Hicklin. Um, he's one of the dads that I used with, one of the girls that I used okay. to play with. Um, I still enjoy it. Obviously, Luton was a fantastic experience for me when I was younger, um, and I lo loved that squad of girls that I played with. Um, but now playing against some of the best players in the world in this league, yeah. um, the amount of players that have come over from from different countries um, has just made the league so much more appealing and so much so much better. The quality is is now so much better than it was five to ten years ago. Um, so just playing now in one of the top yeah. divisions is fantastic, and I enjoy every game I play in. So yeah. Uh, and the last one 
uh, I think we might have possibly covered this one a little bit. Keith Banks says, uh, when will you be back playing? <laughs> How was the injury? Um, like, like I've said, the, the injury's a bit up and down at the minute, um, but I'm hoping if, if I get my way, I'll be back <laughs> before the end of the season, hopefully um, halfway between the second part of the mm-hmm. season. So fingers crossed, um, but I just can't wait to be back and, and playing and putting the shirt back on again. What's it going to be feel like the first time you kick that football again? I'm oh. sure you're sort of kicking every ball in the stand watching the games, but... Yeah, like, yeah, I've been dreaming about it, if I'm honest. Um, being out for so long, um, I've had long-term injuries yeah. in the past, so it's it's not a, a new one for me. Um, but I'll just be really excited to play again. And I really don't like watching. Obviously, <laughs> I love watching the girls, but I would really prefer playing because yeah. I get so much more nervous when I'm watching, if I'm honest. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't wait to be back playing. Lauren Bruton, it's lovely to meet you. Thank you for coming thank on the podcast. Thank you very much. No, thank you for having me. And we'll speak again soon, I hope. Yes. That was our interview with Reading FC women's striker Lauren Bruton. It's a really exciting time to be involved in women's football and it'll be interesting to see the team play at the Medeski permanently when London Irish leave. It will. They are there on Saturday. Sunday, Sunday. sorry. Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Um, it, it was an interesting one. Obviously, it's, it's this women's football weekend coming up. Um not particularly uh, evergreen in terms of our podcast, but it is this this coming weekend. And it, what I find odd is that obviously there's lots of other women's league games going on at the time at the lower level. You know, people playing it, people who are playing for fun. But the the Reddit, the women's games are at the same time as the the big major games that they might want to go to. And I, I know that that is exactly the same in men's football. But yeah, I, you know. I don't know. It just seemed a bit. It seems a bit strange that what, perhaps why the games, especially this weekend, why they might not be on a Saturday. Mm. Um, yes, with the uh, with the international with the international break, played. especially as then we're making a big deal of it. Absolutely, Have the yeah. professional games on the Saturday and the uh, and the the lower league games on Sunday. I don't know. It was just just something that occurred to me the other day when I was when I was driving back from seeing from meeting up with Lauren. Um, you know, there's a big amount of people there who are playing and interested in the women's game, and yeah, they're not absolutely. able to go to the to, to the big game that they might want to go to. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody has an opinion on that. I'd be interested to to hear. Yeah. So having them back in Reading over the year, uh, yes, is going to be quite good. I think you know. I um, think that there's there's certainly some some. Um, Opinions about whether it would be good for them to play at the Medeski permanently. Yeah. There's certainly no no def, definite answer to that question just yet. Obviously, there's a gaping hole in the calendar when London Irish leave Absolutely, at the end yeah. of the 2019-20 rugby season. Uh, so it would make sense for them to go back there. But it's almost just a shame. I was saying to Lauren at one at one point, um, I don't think it was in the interview. I think this was afterwards. But it's almost a shame there's not kind of a, a 10,000 capacity stadium yeah. either. Sort of within the Reading area, the Greater Reading area, it Absolutely, does seem yeah. a, a bit of a shame. But you know, if they're playing the Badeski, they're in their their core area, um, yeah. going out to Wickham all the time. I know they get decent support out there, but it's it's not Wickham's not the easiest place to get to from no. here if you wanted to sponsor Reading as a sponsor, support Reading as a team. Absolutely, yeah. On a per, per, um, purely selfish point of view, I think it. Um, yeah, I see a lot more Reading women's games when they yeah. move back here so yeah. I'm looking forward to that fingers crossed they, that, that, that does that does come to come to pass so yeah. uh, Rob it's quiz time it is this is our weekly quiz where we uh, attempt to answer the same three questions about the different teams of the subjects that we've interviewed uh, we also try to get the answers from Wikipedia where we can so uh, you know bear with us if someone's been messing around on Wikipedia <laughs> um, <laughs> currently though uh, Rob is winning 4-3 yeah uh, I have made a bit of a comeback. 
Yeah. Um, it helped that uh, a team I supported for many years were one of the one of the weeks. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's, but it's now four three. I'm starting to get a bit nervous now. My lead doesn't look as anywhere near as solid as it did. <laughs> and there was a beer riding on this, wasn't there? I, I think, think if I remember rightly. So, uh, quiz time. Reading FC Women quiz. Here we go. Are you ready? Have you got your pen? Um, I've got your clipboard as well for the first week, for absolutely. the first time. Yeah, so. two weeks from the end, and we've <laughs> yeah. got a clipboard. Finally, we are, we're prepared and we're ready. Okay, what was Reading FC's, sorry, what was Reading FC Women's record attendance? Uh, and I, th- I think that applies to any of the grounds they've played at. They've played at Farnborough and Wickham at the moment. Okay. So, um, it's going to be a guess. It's a guess for you, it's a guess for me, and don't forget Easy. to play along at home. Question two, what was the furthest Reading FC women have reached in the FA Women's Cup? What was the year, question three, what was the year that Reading FC women were founded? Okay. I suddenly had a brainwave about question two. Oh, really? Yes, because I think... Yeah, I'm not giving it away. I always end up giving this away. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not giving I'm it away. To tease it's out, not yeah. happening. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, Rob. Every week I manage to push you into into a certain answer. So I'm not doing it this week. Okay, fine. It's, the stakes are too high. Yeah, they are. It would be just something if we went into week 10, the final episode. Yeah, all four, or wouldn't it? That would be quite something. Okay, it's answers time. We'll be back in a moment when we've done our research and found the answers. And we're back. That is probably the longest amount of time we have spent. Uh, and unfortunately, despite ringing the Reading FC Women Press Office, scouring the internet, um, we are no closer to knowing what Reading FC Women's record attendance is. It may seem like a bad piece of planning to not know the answers, <laughs> but there's only two of us. And if I knew the answers, I'd win all week. So yeah. we have to do the research as and when it happens. Um, so unfortunately, we do not know the answer to question one. So... Uh, if anybody would like to tell us the record attendance at a Reading FC women's match, we'd love to hear from you. As to whether it will change the way things go, we will find out. Um, what did you put down out of interest? I put 1,500. Oh, I put 4,000. 4,000. I had a lot of faith in the Reading public. Yeah, you probably... Well, he probably might be on onto something there, I think. Who knows? We're told that the record may well be last season's uh, F- Women's FA Cup semi-final at Adams Park between Reading and West Ham United. Um, however, uh, despite much searching, we can find uh, no evidence of the attendance on any of the live blogs, on any of the match reports, BBC reports. We can't even find the BBC report for it. That's uh, mm. It's well hidden. So we can find the report for the previous round where they beat Manchester United, yeah. an attendance of 961. Yeah. But can we find the semi-final report? No. <laughs> so that was question one. No idea. Question two. What was the furthest Reading FC women have reached in the Women's FA Cup? Well, I think it's the semi-final last I season. I semi-final as well last season. So uh, the answer is the semi-final last season. Brilliant. Um, and question three was, what year was Reading FC Women founded? I went with 1995 for reasons that I have are, are inexplicable to me. Uh, well, I actually, when I had a conversation with a Reading uh, Women's Season ticket holder recently. Well, that's cheating. mentioned that it might be closer sometime uh, in the noughties. So I just went 2005. The answer 
is 2006. So you win. And that, depending on yeah. who comes back, well, that's tentative at the moment. We'll have to, uh, we'll yeah. have to wait and see. Tentative victory. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, so currently it is Rob winning. So that makes it 5-3. With an asterisk. With an asterisk. Yeah. Uh, because it could all be over or it couldn't. It's like going into uh, the final day of a test match, not really <laughs> knowing who's won. Absolutely. I don't know if that's a good analogy or what, but anyway, moving on. Okay, well, that's all for week nine. Tom, have you learnt a lot? Uh, I have. Um, it's been really good. Uh, uh, it's been a shame that we haven't been able to do more on women's football on the podcast, but uh, it's certainly something that we would like to do more of uh, and bring in more guests and speak to more people. That would be absolutely lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, in the final episode next week, you will be hearing from... Uh, Legend, the word legend, well, it's almost a cliche to say uh, being called a legend is a cliche. I think that you cliche it out, really. But um, one of the nicest men uh, I know in football, um, thoroughly well respected. Um, If I'm building it up a bit, it's because I'm very excited about catching up with uh, former Farnborough Town and Bracknell Town manager, Alan Taylor. Um, just absolutely such a nice bloke. I've spoken to him on the phone several times trying to organise a meeting and I'll be speaking to him next week. We'll be sitting in this very room, Rob. Um, (laughs) I know you won't be here. Uh, You will be away, but um, we will be recorded and ready to go. So I'm really excited to speak to Alan. It's going to be great. All the feedback we've had on social media uh, has been that everybody's looking forward to the Alan Taylor episode, and I hope we do it justice. It will be the end of Series 1, the grand finale. Yeah, absolutely. Well, looking forward to that. Um, You can go back and listen to all the previous podcasts by searching for Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app, and please leave us a rating and a review and tell your friends. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FI Berkshire, Facebook by searching Football in Berkshire, and of course, you can visit the website at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. And of course, thank you to Ellis Wood at Flare Media for sponsoring the podcast. Bye. Bye.